Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that my situation has actually turned out to advance the gospel. The whole Imperial Guard and everyone else knows that I am in prison for the sake of Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having confidence in the Lord because of my imprisonment, now more than ever, dare to speak the word fearlessly. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do so from love because they know that I am placed here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, because they think they can cause trouble for me in my imprisonment. What is the result? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is being proclaimed. And in this, I rejoice. Philippians 1, 12 through 18. I'll be honest, I don't really have a cute story today, but that's okay because the topic isn't really cute. It's a pretty tough one. In Philippians, after praying for his readers, Paul jumps right into two really tough topics. The first topic is prison. You can read the story of how Paul wound up in prison in the last few chapters of the book of Acts. Long story short, he didn't do anything wrong. His faith just made the wrong people mad. The other topic is a bunch of self-centered church people that are talking about God for all the wrong reasons. And I don't know about you, but I've experienced some of those people. They are miserable and really not fun to deal with. Honestly, I'd rather work with someone that denies God's existence than a self-centered, envious so-called Christian. And like I said, these are two tough topics. Paul gets sent to prison for his faith, and while he's there, a bunch of people start trying to take the church off the rails. They're doing it just to spite Paul. They do it simply because they want to cause problems for him, and Paul is helpless to do anything about it. He can't go meet with these people. He can't argue with them. He can't state his case. All he can do is sit in his cell and write these letters and hope they make a difference. Many of us would start to question our faith and our choices and our God at this point, but the truth of the matter is that God uses these situations all the time. As a pastor, I learned a funny truth a long time ago, and here's the truth. No one comes to church because life is going really well. If someone steps through the doors of the church for the first time as an adult, it's usually because something just broke in their life. There's an affair or a divorce or someone just died. There's no money left. A diagnosis came back with really bad news. You name it, it makes people seek God. But Jesus' followers are no strangers to suffering either. When I look back on my spiritual life, I've grown the most in Christ when I was dealing with something tough. The most desperate times were the times that God became the most real to me. And it's not just me. As we look across church history, some of the greatest heroes are people who suffered greatly. Corey Ten Boom survived World War II in a concentration camp. Dietrich Bonhoeffer died for his beliefs. Mother Teresa spent her life engaged in some of the worst human conditions on the planet. One time someone told me, life is hard and then you die. And it's true. And just because we believe in Jesus, we are not immune to that fate. So what's the trick? Where's the joy that Jesus promised? And how do we deal with this? How do we keep pushing forward? I think we have to do the same thing that Paul did. He reveals his secret right away. The first sentence in the paragraph says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that my situation has actually turned out to advance the gospel. 
The trick is to look to a different outcome for your joy. As humans, we are stuck on ourselves. We are horribly self-centered. So if things are causing pain and discomfort for us, then it is by definition a bad thing. If it causes distress and anxiety and frustration and desperation because it's blocking our comfort and pleasure, then it's blocking our goals and it's bad. But if we change the goal, and if we change the desired outcome, then we aren't tied to our own comfort for joy and happiness. Paul didn't care about his own good. More on that coming later in Philippians. Instead, he wanted the good news about Jesus to spread. If that was happening, then he rejoiced. So Paul looks at the hard things happening to him and looks at what it's doing for the cause of Jesus. Paul's prison in Rome? Well, guess what? All the guards surrounding Caesar now know about Jesus. Angry Christians are trying to start their own churches? Well, guess what? More unbelievers are finding out about Christ. Paul says it's all success. It's all good. The name of Jesus is being proclaimed, and that gets Paul excited. <laughs> I, I wish I could say that I have fully grasped this lesson and lived this out in my own life. That's not true. This is one I'm still constantly working on. Every time I feel frustrated or anxious, which is way more often than I'd like to admit. It's a daily struggle for me. I realize that I'm looking at my own goals and desires. I'm not looking at the kingdom of God. It's time to shift my goals and look at things like Paul. Will you pray with me? God, change my goals and my perspective. I pray that you'd change the very definition of good for me. Don't let it be tied to my own comfort and pleasure anymore. I pray that when hard things happen and when I experience suffering, that I'd be able to look at what it's doing for the gospel. I pray that you'd make me more like Paul. I pray that I would be so sold out for the sake of Jesus that I'm excited when I see God's gospel go forward, no matter what the cost couple things for us to think about as we close today. What brings you joy and happiness? And what does that reveal about your purpose and your goal in life? Another perspective, kind of the opposite side of the coin. What brings you pain, sorrow, and anxiety? And what does that reveal about your purpose? And last question, how do your purposes and goals need to shift? Thanks for joining me.